Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. All right, hello, and welcome to uh, Adventures in High Altitude Drinking 2012. Otherwise known as Unsheathed Live at Rocky Mountain FurCon. Um, thank you guys all for coming down here on a Saturday night. Uh, as always, we appreciate the attendance. And especially the room full of, um, what, must be like 600 people here now, right? Yeah. Uh, we always love coming up here to uh, Rocky Mountain Furcon, not just because KM can get uh, just as drunk on half the wine, but um, also because the people here are great and they run a, a very tight convention. Um, our chair is in the audience with us, so if you guys have had fun at this convention, please give him a hand. This is Soren over here. Also, for the record, I don't get as drunk with half the wine. I get twice as drunk on the same amount of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Yay me. And, and thank you, you know, first and foremost to Rocky Mountain Furcon for hosting us. We appreciate the space and the uh, last-minute move farther away from the oomph, oomph, oomph of the dance floor. Uh, th- th- that was his impression of the music and not the gyrations people will be making. <laughs> it, was, it was sort of Unts, unts filtered through unsheathed. <laughs> God damn it. It's too early for me to start breaking down like this because of you. Not yet. You haven't even had half your bucket. <laughs> yes. For those of you who have not been to previous uh, live shows, this is uh, my recreational beverage bucket. Um, we'll just call it that for now. For those listening at home, the bucket is orange with a plastic handle, yellow plastic handle. And, and a yellow plastic shovel for, you know, digging in. For digging in. And <laughs> also, I have this little square of latex that was gifted to us by the previous panel here, which was, um, uh, well, fursuit construction. But it's still, they had all these masks, and I was like, it makes me want to touch it because it's... Ooh. <laughs> Adventures in texture. Yes. Something that not only none of the people at home can experience, but none of you in the audience can experience either. So, you know, welcome. We aim to please. We'll have it up here later if you guys want to come up and have a private moment with the circle of latex. (laughs) Oh, I I wish I could take out my phone and put that in my quotes for the weekend filter. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah, what are we? So what are we? Oh, for those of you who don't know who or what we are... uh, We are more than just drunk drunk jokes and things that nobody else can get. (laughs) <laughs> we are a podcast about writing. We are a podcast about writing. We, KM, uh, I'm Kyle Gold. I'm KM Hirosaki. Uh, we both write uh, adult stories. Usually, ad- I'm sorry. We both write usually adult stories, usually furry stories. But we really try to work at our craft, and we try to help other people work at the same craft as best as we're able by sharing our experiences and answering questions and generally kind of providing a place for people to come for writing advice, whether it be about furry books or adult books or adult furry books or non-adult non-furry books. Um, We've answered questions on all of these topics. And sometimes we'll spend 30 minutes of a 45-minute podcast talking about sports. Or Star Wars. (laughs) Sports in the Star Wars universe. Uh, That's the the FBA crossover that's coming up. Oh, so speaking of, I, there's, I know. And, there's a and uh, B Hop's not even in the audience. Ah, uh, uh, 
He was here earlier. I made him sad by talking about the Dwight Howard trade. Oh, my God. He was livid. <laughs> um, anyway, speaking of... Oh, um, no, just speaking of Star Wars and FBA jokes, I'll just... <laughs> Where else do you get that I will just kind say, of lead in? I will just say that uh, with... Uh, with with B Hop's help, I have a special project that should be coming in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Hopefully not too long. I don't know if I want to spoil the surprise just yet. But uh, do you want to talk about it? I'll just say that you know it it, it, it apparently it involves Star Wars, and it's uh, something people have asked me for before. So if you think you know what it is, you might be right. I, I will say if you have enjoyed KM's rants on Unsheathed that go on and on about different aspects of the star wars universe uh this will be a project you will be interested in relevant to your interests it was certainly relevant to mine yes and it sounds like you had a lot of fun doing it so yeah well, it's not done a yet. Good sign. or you are having a lot of fun. i have been having fun that's a you weird will tense. been having i will have had more fun <laughs> you're not drunk enough to future conjugate i'm <laughs> well no i think that's the other way around or it will have been the other way around <laughs> It's only 8 o'clock. Come on, give me some credit. Uh, yes, I know. We're, we're a little bit earlier this year. Besides, this um, is a no-alcohol zone. That's true. That's true. Um, Which is probably why I don't have a bottle of wine waiting for me. <laughs> that's a good point. And why that bucket contains only water. Yes. Actually, it's yes. cream soda. Oh, cream soda. Yeah. Okay. Sparkle and apple juice. Um so usually what we do is we introduce these things by kind of talking a little bit about what we've been up to, um, what the podcast is. We've done that. And then um, we want to take your guys' questions because the fun of the live show is getting to talk to you guys and seeing what, uh, what you would like to ask us. Um, one of the things that I will answer is we've been getting a lot of questions about uh, when we would resume regular production of Unsheathed episodes. Uh, we're still working out a good process that is uh, easily reproducible from one or two weeks to the next one or two weeks. And when we get that sorted out, we will start doing the episodes again. In the meantime, uh, KM and I have set up a live stream channel, which is called, originally enough, Unsheathed. So if you go to livestream.com slash unsheathed, you can find not only current episodes as we are live streaming them, which we are trying to do about every couple weeks, usually on Monday nights, um, but you can also find past episodes because Livestream automatically records them and we save them in our directory, and so you can just play them back. You can't download them to your iPod like you could a podcast, but you can at yeah. least hear what we've been talking about in previous uh, episodes. If anyone knows how to you know, rip the audio quality you know, files out of those things and put them on something that we could put on our feed, send us an email and let us know how to do that, because we don't yes. know how to do that. Um, yes, that, that, that would also My be My job is to talk in front of a microphone and be funny. I don't know anything about <laughs> the technical end of any of this. And, and be knowledgeable. Uh. Don't fondle the microphone. You always say that. And you always ignore me. Um, these, so people, these people don't see my microphone antics when we're in the bunker. And it's a good thing, too. PG-13 gone. <laughs> so, anyway, we will be resuming those. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to do the live shows at cons because uh, we have a great time with them. Uh, you guys seem to enjoy them. Again, you know, we filled this room with, like, a thousand people. So, that's um, it's always a... It's always great to, to see the people come out to watch us more, talk in front of More people than attended the con are yes. in this room. Hush. We flew people in from we stole, Portland. We, we stole people from IFC. <laughs> <laughs> I 
We have IFC on a video Skype link up in the corner. Oh, that would be funny. Actually, we yeah. should have done that. Ah, next year. Next year. Next year. I was going to say, like, when are we ever going to have two furry cons on the same weekend again? But apparently, every other month <laughs> yeah. is the answer to that. Um, so things that. Uh, what else have you been working on since you started already? Your, you've got your secret thing. Uh, I got your my other secret, secret thing, thing. My other secret thing, and. Uh, no, um, for people who have been following my work online, I've been doing a thing for summer where I'm, I'm writing a short story every week. Uh, this is part of my twofold plan of, one, to get myself into the habit of writing faster and better, and uh, two, to actually put up stories for people to read. I was looking at my uh, my recent uploads, and I was like, oh, over the course of like a year, I posted two stories, and I'm like, ah, that's not really enough for yeah. people to read. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to do a, a whole bunch of stories over the summer, and by and large, they've been received very uh, very positively. Yeah. It's uh, allowed me to I've experiment with a lot of things. And, and I think experimenting is good. I mean, you have to be able to get out there and try new things um see how your uh, see how you do with a goal like that i mean i'm i'm really impressed you got you've gotten your your stories out pretty much every week so far except yeah. for one i think i'm like i'm like a week I'm, i i owe myself a story which by which i mean i owe my readers a story <laughs> but because like one week came by and i was like double booked on work and i just didn't have the time but uh, experimentation is cool with stories i mean in other areas too but with stories because um you have to be willing to accept that a story is not going to work or might not work because that's the only way you find out cool new things that do work. Yeah. And I mean, with these stories, like most of the time I just sit down for a couple of hours and just, you know, crank it out. And then it's like, you know what? Like if it doesn't work, I haven't expended that much time, effort or resources. Right. Uh, so those have been cool. Uh, anything else you want to update people on or, uh, let's see. Um, in the adventures of other me. Um, okay, so Summerhill, because people keep asking, like, whenever we open up to questions, Summerhill is like the first thing people ask about, so I'll just tell you what's going head, on with head that. Headed off at the pass. Yeah, so I'll head it off at the pass. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Summerhill is this novel I've been working on for like three years, and I announced it I announced it like two years ago. Like, I'm writing this novel, and everyone's like, yeah, you're writing a novel. And it's like, okay, where is it? <laughs> and uh, it's going back for a couple more revisions. It's... It's one of those things that I've never quite been happy with, and I really, really, really want it to be good. I've put a lot of effort into it, and I don't want it to just languish, but I'm hoping for early next year is what I'm aiming for. And I promise as soon as I have a date, I will tell people. People seem to think I'm like, keeping it a secret. Like, oh, I'm, like, I'm trying to surprise you. I'm like, no, if I have a book coming out, the goal is for you to know. Otherwise, you won't buy it. Yes. Although I have had two people this weekend be like, where's your book? I heard it was out. And I'm like, no. They're like, oh, And they were very sad. The purpose of the book release is somewhat defeated if you don't tell anyone about it. <coughs> <laughs> old school. Yeah. Um, and this weekend has been making me feel old, I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I made Or maybe it's just the lack of oxygen <laughs> just making me really tired. That could be, too. I haven't been feeling that as much. Oh, but then we've been in Colorado, like three out of the past six weeks yeah, I was going to say you've, you've been up here a lot like by the time I hit my tw- the 24 hour mark in Denver I start getting that like oh my body does not like being up here like I need to go back to sea level <laughs> <laughs> so what have, what have I been working on um, I wrote a I wrote a book without any explicit scenes in it which was published in March uh, called Green Fairy which is an exercise in supernatural cross-time romance, sort of. Um, 
I don't know. What did Intrigue, I call it? Intrigue, slice of life, coming of age. I, call, I called it a gay non-love story. Um, and it was a very good gay non-love story. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased people seem to like it. it I'm has, proud of it for It you. has three different narratives, it's, um, and they all kind of twine together and become related and all join together at the end, sort of. Um, I also wrote a straight werewolf romance, which actually I wrote like three years ago and only finally got around to publishing this year. Um, and so the other book is called Green Fairy. That's that's out. Silver Circle was the werewolf romance book. Um, Man, the straight people were all like cheering for you on that one. I know. I heard all like none all of, them. of them. <laughs> <laughs> you did my joke, but um, better. <laughs> Uh, and I have a cupcake coming out in about a month. And I'm excited about this one. It's got some... Uh, it's he he again means going the novella, back and, not the pastry. Yes. Well, apparently, well, the pastry, too. Apparently, there's going to be one oh, giant cupcake. One giant cupcake. I will be interested to see if that actually comes to pass. Yes. Um, and, yes, the, the comment has been made. Isn't a giant cupcake just a cake? But <laughs> I, I said it depends on the size of the cup. Um, but I want to make a bucket cake. <laughs> we can make that happen. Oh, can we please? Yes. That would be amazing. And I could eat it with the shovel. <laughs> we can like cross it with like a fat fur podcast or something. Oh, come on. That wasn't ju- that no no judgment intended. Come on. <laughs> uh anyway. So that's coming out in about a month. Um that's another sort of cross time thing where it takes place in the present day and in the past, and the present day is all affected by what went on in the past, but you don't learn about what went on in the past. You learn it as that story unfolds, and in the, mean, the present day you're watching the present, and it's a guy searching for someone that, he left, that he's been separated from for 15 years, but you don't really know why until you read the 15-year story, which is intertwined with it. Um, and uh, Sabretooth Thurman did the art, and she did a really nice job on all of it. To help get you even more excited for this one, I read the first draft of this while I was on a plane, and the moment I got off the jetway, I texted him, and I'm like, your novella made me feel emotions I didn't think I was capable of feeling anymore. Like, and I wasn't <laughs> even kidding, either. I, I was like, oh, God, like, I need to tell him how much I love this. And, um, and one of your short stories. That- yes, I, I I was I was spurred onto and, and I think what I called it was like a a fit of passion and creative energy like while I was on this plane I'm like I need to write a story right now and I just pulled up my laptop and just story happened and, and I was like that never happens to me ever and it actually got like super well received it's about so, kissing foxes yes Aww. I approve of that um, so yes inspirational emotional novella coming in a month um, under the cupcake line. Wow, that's um, so be, soon. I know. I can't it'll, wait to get my grubby paws all over it. It'll it'll uh, it'll be my third cupcake. So I'm I'm Man, winning. Other me I, needs I, to pick up the slack. I, I'm winning at cupcakes, three to one to one. Other uh, other me, other other me <laughs> is not trying to pick up the slack. Uh, other, but if it other were, me, I would be winning. <laughs> <laughs> other me is trying to have a cupcake out for MFF, which would be cool. That would be the first year that all three of us got a cupcake out in one year. That would be rad. I, 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 it will have I been rad. Make, I want to make that happen. It will be rad when it happens. Anyway, I'm 
committed to helping make that happen however I can. If I need to write another short story to inspire your novella. Or pay my expenses for a week so I don't have to work. Pay your, yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I sell my screenplay to Hollywood, I'll do that. God, I apologize for fidgeting so much. Anyway. I'm going to blame everything on the atmosphere. I'm sorry. Is GLaDOS giving there us were, texting instructions? There were voices from... Wow, there were voices, voices, voices from out of the ether. It's, I was thinking it's sort of like um, the... Uh, Bitten space balls where the guy are those picking up? Probably. Not. I'm, I'm I'm mostly curious to know if the I'm mostly curious if the people like listening at home will be like, what are they talking about? I don't hear any voices. Can we put some in? Yeah. Okay. Yes. We'll we'll do yeah we'll do we'll do the portal thing. I think I know a fursuit that talks like that. Testing has revealed that you furries are horrible people. <laughs> That's um, what it says. That's what it says. We weren't even testing for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm only one year behind video games now. So uh, anyway, because we have a slightly more limited time frame than usual, I think we can jump to questions from the audience. So hopefully, a bunch of you have come prepared. Yeah. I also want to give a little shout out to our canine companions because we have an unprecedented three dogs right up in the front row here. Um, can can we have their names just so for the record? We have we have Chloe and and Kabashi who was familiar from a couple years ago and who knows his name <laughs> and who Rocky. and Rocky. Um, so hi hi and welcome. Um, if you guys have questions, are we taking the microphone out to the audience or are they coming up? Okay. Oh, so we are if being, you guys yeah. if you guys can kind of raise your hands and and sort of drift middlewards, um, our microphone Corgi. Yes. Introduce yourself, Microphone Corgi. Hi, I'm Z McCorgi, and I didn't know I was going to be Microphone Corgi. <laughs> he was a special guest at the uh, Furry Fiesta 2011 or 2010? I think so. Was that the one where I, where I made him like blush all the time, or was it the one and before that? What, what, no, what, that was... what was the year of the Screeching Eagle? Oh, uh, that, that was probably 11. Yeah. Um, yeah that anyway. Was, that was the year I mimicked the sound of an otter getting caught by an eagle. That's right. Who's got? Who has questions? Oh, there we are. Our first question of the day. Introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Drake. Hi, Drake. Hello. Um, like the singer? Hmm? <laughs> no. Sorry. No. <laughs> Thank you to the right. two people who got that. <laughs> um, I used to write five years ago, I think, and then I hit a block, and I've been kicking at it for years, and pickaxes and explosives, and it's not going away. Do you have any suggestions? Um, you want to go first? Um, my advice starts with get your butt in the chair and make yourself right. Um, but Yeah, I think the more you don't write, the harder it is to start again. So... You know, sit down when you get home from the con, sit down and just say, I'm going to spend a half an hour and I'm just going to write something. And it doesn't have to be a story that you're working on. It doesn't have to be anything that you're ever going to show anybody else. You can start just by saying, uh, this is the story of a guy who went to a furry convention this weekend and just start writing down stuff that happened at the furry convention. Get in the habit of describing things, uh, writing dialogue, writing conversations, and then continue that every day and just get into the habit of writing things down and 
give yourself also give yourself time to think about the story that you want to write. Do you still have stories in mind that you're trying to get out? Like there's here's the section that I know I want somewhere in some story. Here's the section I know I want in another story. Um, okay, so you know, reread those fragments and think about them during the day while you're doing other things, school, job, whatever. Yeah, if you have commute, and, I used to commute. do a ton of thinking about writing during my commute. And um, and the more you think about that, the more you'll be primed to write about it when you have time to actually sit down and write. Um, one other suggestion I have is read. Like, pick up the kind of fiction that you like to read and just read something and don't put pressure on yourself to say, I have to get something out of this, I have to be writing, I have to be doing this. Just read and enjoy. Yeah, I mean, like I was just talking about, like, reading his novella, like, I was just immediately inspired to just write something. Not even based on what I had read, it was just like... You know, just the excitement about reading something that was well written made me want to write something too. Aww. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, you're allowed to art that. You're welcome. <laughs> and there's um, so there's a great there's a great lecture which I think we've talked about before. But if you um, look up, what is it? It's John Cleese. Um, yeah. John Cleese talking to, or it's John Cleese on creativity, and it's like it's a 36 minute lecture on youtube and i think the best one is is like subtitled in dutch or something because of copyright things but anyway he's talking about how he gets himself in that creative mind space and one of the things he talks about is there's studies that show that we have kind of different modes that we're in which he calls open and closed and the open mode is where we're receptive to new ideas we're receptive to imagination and creativity and thinking the closed mode is where we're actually in getting shit done mode. And because most of us live these, you know, moderately high-stress lives where we're constantly like, I have to get to the bus on time. Uh, you know, okay, when I get to work, I'm going to have to think about this. Okay, now I'm at work. I have to do this thing. Or, My wild you know, girl is going to rave without me. I have to, yeah. <laughs> I have to get to college. I have to get to this class. Okay, I'm sitting in this class. I have to take notes or I'm not going to learn this stuff. Okay, now I have to go do this. I have to go do that. I have to do that. We spend a lot of time in closed mode, and it's really hard for us to be open to ideas when we're in that mode. Um, he suggests like hour and a half blocks because he says it takes him about a half hour to sort of switch gears and get out of that um, mode. He says if you're, you know, when he sits down, the first thing he thinks is like, okay, now I'm sitting down to think about my stories. Have I written that email I need to write? Have I talked to this person? Oh, I need to call this person because we're supposed to go to dinner. And it takes him like a half hour to clear that out. Um, I found, I think, another thing that gets you into that open mode is reading. Because I find when I'm reading something and I'm really absorbed in a story, I will suddenly have these ideas about what to do with stories that I'm working on or new stories. So I think reading is a good cure for writer's block as well. Yeah, like you'll you'll read something and you're like, oh, like it's so cool how the author did this, and like yeah. you'll you'll derive and, inspiration from that. And sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's just the the experience of being immersed in someone else's world opens you up to your own ideas in your own world. Yeah. That, that's definitely a big part of how I used to try to write is just how can I get this person how can I get whoever's reading this into this world anyway thank you very much I'll let other people actually ask questions <laughs> right. sure well, I hope that helps oh yeah I, th- I think uh, I think Rocky has a question there <laughs> <laughs> maybe not <laughs> Rocky's question is how does this microphone taste <laughs> not good enough to eat um, anyone else raise, raise your hands keep them up 
I'm Tate. Um, I Hi, was wondering, <laughs> how do you, what inspires your characters, or how do you create characters? That's um, an interesting question. <laughs> I can't use my Sculpey line here, can no, I? No, you can't. Okay. You already used that oh, once. Well. You only get that once. That wasn't even that good the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. You start this one, then. Okay. Um, it's weird. For me, characters kind of come into my mind if not fully formed at least formed enough that i have an idea of who they are and then i sort of figure out the details for the rest of them as i write them um i think that a big part of how to come up with characters is to just just pay attention to the people around you um if there's ever like you know if you're ever in like a big conversation just sort of like pull away for a moment and just sort of like watch your friends talk make notes of like you know their mannerisms the things that they do and say you know the way that they phrase things in um, your head yeah, yeah not on a piece of paper yeah. or your laptop as they're talking because that's a little creepy man kyle really likes to comment on the bread at dinner <laughs> Bread. <laughs> what? what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. Finish talking. <laughs> I hate you so much sometimes. <laughs> um, another thing is to start with an exaggerated character trait and then try to build the rest of the personality that around it to, to support that. Because... Um, it sounds like one of those things where you're like, oh, okay, you know, it's like, well, people aren't really this extreme in real life, except when you stop and think about it, they really are. Um, and a lot of times, people may not always act that extreme, but the people who don't act that extreme don't get into stories. So you have a little bit of leeway because you're writing a story and it's fiction. And a lot of times what people read fiction for is things that... Uh, I would really like to do this. Like, you know, everybody wants to read the story that starts with the guy marching into his boss's office, telling his boss to go to hell and slamming the door and running out. Very few people actually do that. Um, and I actually heard... Um, I interviewed for a job once, like, years and years ago at a... It was basically a cubicle farm, and it was a really horrible one because they were the half-height cubes, not, like, the three-quarter-height cubes. Oh, I cubes. hate those. And so if you stood up, you could literally see to the far wall, like, 30 cubes away. And apparently um, somebody during, like... It was also a, a crappy job because they had to... It was, like, built into the job that you had to work over Christmas week because you had to prepare for this big thing in January. But anyway... Um, I'd heard that somebody actually got up on one of the desks and said, I hate this crappy job. I quit. I'm getting the hell out of here. And, like, walked out that day. And the worst part of it is two weeks later they were back. (laughs) So you want to hear that kind of extreme behavior because it happens infrequently, but it's the kind of thing people sort of imagine. They're like, wow, I'd really like to do this. And so if you're thinking about a character and you're like, wow, if I were in that position, I'd really like to do this then you know, go ahead and make the character do that because that's part of what these fictional stories do to help people. Um. Yeah. Um, another piece of advice, if you're trying to make a dislikable character, think about people you know. Use them for inspiration. <laughs> think about how they make you... F- like, not even necessarily... Don't e- you don't even need to model anything off of them personally. Just think about how they make you feel and then write with that in mind. <laughs> um. And I think one of the important things is your characters will start out a little flat. 
when you first start writing about them because you don't know very much about them. But think about the world through their eyes and ask yourself in every scene about every character in that scene, what do they want at this point? Um, Every character goes into a scene wanting something, and it might just be, I want to impress this guy so that he talks to me again later. It might just be, I want to cut this conversation short because I have to get to you know, the bathroom, the airplane, the job appointment, my class, whatever. I want um, to skip the small talk and get right to the sex. Yeah, it, it might be any of those. And the, you know, the other person has a whole different set of goals. I want to get this guy to tell me what he was doing yesterday without asking him what he was doing yesterday. Um, I want to get this person to give me a ride to the to the airport because I'm too cheap to pay for a taxi. I want to get this person to give me a ride to the airport because I think they're cool and I want to get to know them better. You know, and and if you kind of do that, then all of these little wants start to kind of coalesce into a character, and then you can start thinking of more background for them. Um, you, uh, KM suggested in uh, uh, earlier in other panels doing interviews with your characters, uh, which is good because it gets them talking to you in their voice. And the more you hear their voice and know their personality, the easier it is to write them as real characters. Thank you. Does that work? Uh, I think that works. I hope it works. I hope so. Oh. Our our, uh, K-Tech, our tech-savvy wolf has a question. I'm a huge fan. I've read all of your stuff. Aw. I have a question for you. Actually, we've not discussed this before. So Uh I have read all of your stuff, and I love it. But sometimes I'll go to So Furry, and there'll be certain stories I go to and read. But I'll know that those are, like, fetish stories. But I read your stuff, and I'm not like, oh, these aren't fetish stories. These are, like, real stories. So, like, what makes a story a story than what makes a fetish story a story? Wow. That's an interesting question, actually. Um, I think that that gets at – thank you for the question. Um, honey, I almost want to spend the rest of the panel just talking about this, but I won't. Well, we might have to. What's our time? Oh, oh, oh yeah, really? we're only thirty. Yeah, oh, awesome. yeah, we're good. Okay. Um, Sora can bump whoever's after us. Just be like, yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you've been canceled. I think this this kind of this gets at a question that I had asked myself and. A, and Cam has asked himself, and we've asked a bunch of our friends about our writings over the years, and how um, I've I've kind of transitioned from calling my stuff uh, gay furry porn to gay furry erotica to gay furry romantica to gay furry fiction. Actually, gay furry romance I think was in there too. Um, yeah. And so my thinking on this subject has evolved, but. Uh, like a Pokemon. <laughs> no, I was going for President Obama, but but nice try. President Obama's um, not a Pokemon. I told you I'm only one year behind on video games now. Oh, please. I don't, I've <laughs> never gotten into Pokemon past the original 151, as I mentioned earlier. Earlier when? Like er, when er, you were 13? No, earlier on the internet. And also, stop reminding me that Pokemon is 16 years old. Can you believe that? <laughs> if Pokemon were a person that could drive. In some states. So, I think what makes a fetish story a fetish story versus a, a real story, um, the, it's the same, it's similar to what makes a story a porn story as opposed to a story with adult scenes. Um, 
the fetish story is really, really focused on the fetish. And the whole point of the story is to have the characters in a situation where the fetish comes into play. And when the fetish play is over, the story's over. It's, to quote Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. not. What a person writes in the privacy of their own home is their own business. <laughs> and so, like, on, on some sense, uh, like Kyle says, it does come down to uh, focus and also intent, I would say, is a big one. Like, are you trying to, you know, introduce the reader, you know, to this thing? Is it there to catch their interest because you know they're going to be interested in it already? Or, you know, are you trying to just, you know, stretch your legs to try something weird and kinky and different? And I think those are all legitimate reasons to do that. Um, I would also say, this isn't necessarily true, but in a lot of fetish stories, I think the effect on the characters is important. In a story that's a fetish story... Um, the characters are generally always excited, aroused, happy about the fetish thing happening. It's a fetish story. People write it to express their enjoyment of a particular activity or spin on an activity. Um, so, well, and I, no, I shouldn't say that. Because there's, there's like non-consensual stuff where right. the whole point but, is that but that is that is what it, makes but, it arousing at that point um, but the you know the character will specifically say uh, oh he loved the fact that he was bound up and whatever um, and so you can tell Kyle doesn't write a lot of this <laughs> not spontaneously in front of 1500 people no um, wow but, we're we're growing faster <laughs> than the number of Pokemon here yes <laughs> Um, <laughs> I have the, the worst analogies today. What is wrong with me? And they're all about Pokemon. What is your obsession with Pokemon? I don't have one. You Apparently, you've mentioned it twice in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I was trying to be cool and self-referential. <laughs> By mentioning Pokemon. Okay. I was trying to be self-referential. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, but, so, yeah, I think, I mean, the intent comes into it a lot. Uh, I also, if you're, if you're reading a story that's a story... The characters' emotions are a little more complex than this is really hot. And again, you know, people who are writing to explore a fetish are often writing it to explore their own views towards the fetish or to introduce others to the fetish, which is, you know, totally fine. It's a legitimate thing to use writing for. Yeah. Um, if you're writing to explore different questions and the fetishy play is an aspect of that, um, then that's a different kind of story, and usually in that kind of story, the story doesn't end when the fetish play ends. Um, yeah, it's also it's hard to just introduce a, an unusual fetish in an otherwise ordinary story because you kind of risk alienating readers at that point. It's like, wait, where did like I was like reading this thing about this person having a midlife crisis and family problems? Why is there suddenly sounding like that's just like there's a uh, there's a logical disconnect at that point. And then you can all be grateful that KM doesn't write more of that kind of story after that. <laughs> um, really, you picked that one? <laughs> no I judgment. Mean, I no, was just, I mean seriously. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 2012, no judgment. I, I did not make that resolution. Oh, <laughs> that is not one of mine. <laughs> 2012, judgment. 2012, <laughs> 2012 is, in fact, the year of judgment, according to the Mayans. So, 
Or, um, it's, or it's just like here we when go. their calendar ran out. Well, right. That's like saying that the world ends in December because there's not another month after it. Didn't they like find another? They found another like thirty years of the calendar recently or something. I, I, I heard that. I heard they discovered that. Oh, the calendar. They, like we found this other Mayan calendar that doesn't end in 2012. It like keeps going. So. Yay, you can all sleep easily at night now. We're not going to have the terrifying Shadowrun world of the future after all. Aww. Anything else to add on that? Does that does that uh, kind of answer your questions? Okay. Um, oh. Soren has a question. Dun, 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 dun. Hi, I'm Soren. Uh, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and to put your mind at ease, uh, Cam, I'm not going to ask the question we discussed yesterday. Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, my question is, is no, more about uh, when you're revising a draft. Do you guys have any tips for like things to keep and when you need to add things? I mean, obviously, there's a certain extent of you read over it and it just makes sense. But like, how do you kind of keep in your head when you've been writing a really long draft? You know, oh, I need to explain this more because my readers aren't going to understand it, or this is superfluous and I need to take this out. Do you have any tips for that? Okay. Um, this is this is why I usually, um, after finishing a first draft, I usually set it aside for about a month. If it's a novel, if it's like a long story, I'll set it aside for about a month before going back to revise it, because then it's it's been kind of out of my head enough that I can read it with a fresh eye. Almost, it's never going to be completely fresh because it's always my story, but I will go back and read drafts and. Um, it's amazing how many times I will read stuff and say, I don't understand what that means. I don't know why I put that in there. That doesn't fit the story anymore. Um, so I would say <laughs> just celebrate. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I can't imagine where you got that uh, imp- inspirational statement from <laughs> yes um you will as you as you read through it again you kind of, it's like kind of reading a book that look at it as reading a book that you didn't write and thinking what would i do to make this better um so a lot of times what i do during drafts is i will i'll find that i skip like descriptions and things and so i'll be reading and i'll be like oh, i'm in this place and I have no idea what it looks like. I better add some a little bit of description in here and there. Um, I'll be reading the scene, and I'll think, "What does this scene really do for the story?" If, if I just cut it out, would the would people miss it? Uh, and so, just ask yourself those questions. As you, I mean, read through the story once to sort of refresh in your mind what the story is, and then go back through it and ask yourself those questions about every scene. Do I understand what's going on here? Uh, if I took this out, would it affect the story? Um, and how could I make this better? Another trick uh, to make it easier to cut things is to uh, open up a separate file and keep the things that you cut. 99.44% of the time, you're never going to come back to use it again, but having that sort of mental safety net makes it easier to take things out because you're like, oh, well, it's not gone forever in case I need it. And then once it's gone, you're probably never going to miss it. It's like, you know, when like, you force yourself to throw things away if you're a pack rat like me. Um, yeah, I have, I have tons of files marked unused from stories, yeah. that just stuff that I took out. It might be part of a sentence. It might be like a whole scene. 
apparently like they're doing like a follow-up to like Anchorman that's made entirely out of unused cuts from the first filming. Wow. Yeah. And it's like a whole new movie with a whole new plot. That's really funny. Isn't that, a, isn't that kind of amazing? Yeah. So there you go. Inspiration Do the actors get paid again for that? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it's work they've already been paid for. It, ostensibly. Anyway, does that help? <laughs> yes, it does. Thank you. Okay, sure. There you are. Get on it, Corgi. See ya over there. That's what she said. <laughs> uh, this is going to be like the weirdest, most surreal podcast we'll listen to after the fact. <laughs> I know, I am. I, um, you're fired. So uh, I'm Standard Deviant. Uh, this is my second time here, and I thank you for coming. Uh, the, Yay, so, thank you for really coming back. Uh, uh, so I just had a quick question. For, uh, coming from the perspective of, re- of a reader, I, I have the tendency to get wrapped up in, in the events of the story. And uh, how, how does one become more, a more active reader and really get into the characters and really notice uh, the sort of more the details in the characters rather than focusing on the, 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 the storyline? Um, so the question is, if, if people didn't hear that... Um, how do how do you how do you notice sort of the the details of a story like the character building and stuff like that as opposed to just getting absorbed in the story itself? Um, well, um, you know our trick for that. I was going to say, uh, read a story twice. I, that is, once you've read it once and you've gone through the experience, once you go back over it again, you're suddenly because you already know where it's going. Your your mind is just able to pull out more things uh, because a lot of it you're filling in pieces that you already know, which takes less mental energy. And so now you're sort of free to you know check the sort of the peripheries. And it's I never realized how important reading something twice was until I had to do it for classes. And I'm just like, oh wow, you really do notice a whole lot more the second time through. Yeah, it's. It's the kind of thing where you, you read something once for pleasure and just to get an idea of the story. The second time through, you start to notice things like, oh, he put that character in here, and I know that that comes in later, and that's why I wasn't surprised when this character came back later or something like that. But you start to notice how the story's put together the second time through, and you can pay attention to that. It helps to read some, like a couple texts on critiquing and what to look for so that you kind of know how you're going about it. Um, but it's also, you don't necessarily need that. You can always, you can just go through and say, um, I really like this character. How does the author introduce this character? Um, this dialogue sounds great. I'm just going to read it line by line and then go back over it again. Um, I really have a vivid picture of this location in the story. I'm going to read the place where they describe it. I think they're done celebrating. No, I think they've moved on to Adele. Well, they're not celebrating. Uh, they're now whatever. Or, I don't recognize the song offhand. Anyway, um, so read it twice. Second time through, you already know what's going to happen, so your mind's not absorbed in, like, where's this going next? Because you already know. So you can kind of see the, the stones in the path rather than worrying about what's up ahead. Uh, do you ever use things like, uh, like you take notes or uh, make... Um sort of like an outline uh, as, a, as a separate thing when you read something do you feel that that's effective or as part of uh, really understanding um, something and being it, more active it can be it's, it depends on what you want to get out of it if you're really trying to dissect a particular work I think you would really you would need notes and, yeah. and, and outline and stuff if you're trying to pick up a particular technique 
Like, there's authors that will say, um, you know, look at this guy for a good ending, and you could just, like, read the last chapter over and over again. Um, or we'll say... Presumably you know, after you've read the whole thing at least once. Right. You could say, you know, this guy's great uh, narrative voice, which is a difficult thing to pick up, but um, you can kind of look at look at how they introduce the characters and how their voices are different. Um, but, you know, in general, mostly, I mean, when we've, when we've done it, we've just sort of looked at, made mental notes. I have certainly, uh, at a few points, uh, written down lines of dialogue that I thought were really cool. Not to, like, steal them, but to have them, like, in, like, an easy reference of, like, what do I think is a really nicely written line. Yeah. Mm. We have a question up front. Um, I'm Red Red Brother Wolf, um, and um, um, I'm a big fan of H.P. Lovecraft, Stephen King, and stuff like that. And I've noticed, like, Stephen King does more of, like, um, especially in The Stand, he references a lot of actual cities that you can find in America and stuff like that. Um, but in... I uh, lost my train of thought. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft, he also mentions, like, Far off worlds and stuff like that, and that with all these gods and stuff like that. Do you think a um, um, a, a person that's starting out to write is that too much of a leap to go to? Because I'm trying to make up my own kind of world it, with its own language and stuff like that, and I don't know if that's a, a smart way to go. If it's well, uh, is it my turn or your turn? Uh, I mean, you, if you you if you something on mine, or if you want to groove up to CeeLo, go ahead and dance for us if you like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think if. Um, if that's what you're passionate about, I would say do it. I mean, don't cram your story into a into this world just because it's less work to describe. But at the same time, don't get bogged down in writing the source book for your world. Yeah. Um, make sure that you're writing a good story. And if the story has to take place or if you want it to take place in, uh, in this other fantastical world, um, just don't, don't spend like six years writing down all the rules for your world because yeah. honestly you can write a lot less and kind of retrofit it if you decide to write more in that world it's not you know the most complete way to go about it but the story is really the key thing yeah i mean, don't don't overload the reader uh lovecraft is actually a good example of this i mean because you have this mythos but it's built up over the course of a lot of stories he didn't write like this one big story like and now i'm going to explain everything about all these different things like all at once so you can see all this weird stuff i've thought of because i'm depressed and i'm afraid of foreigners (laughs) 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 sorry um but no, and, and hypochondriac. And, Don't forget yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> no, of course. But, uh, I mean, that's a great example of, you know, there's a little bit of self-reference in his works, but a lot of it, you know, it's it's made to stand alone. There's not, like, an order that you're supposed to read Lovecraft stories in, for example. And the fact that a lot of it was open is what inspired a lot of other people to write in that universe. And yeah, I, I was just going to say, if you do not create a definitive source book for your world and your stories become real popular then that gives people a lot of room to argue about all the things that you didn't make clear or things that are contradictory upon, uh, you know, from one story to another or write their own fan fiction in the world to explain the missing parts. Um, so, so, yes. I was gonna say, it reminds me of one of, one of my favorite uh, Kyle anecdotes. Was, it was one of the out-of-position books. Where he, said kind of, he said kind of like the Bible. 
one of my favorite things from him where you were writing one of the out of position books you're like oh like he needs to like be in this city but like like you know at this point in the story about oh, like, right. oh his football schedule says he's here that week and he's like wait like this is a fake football schedule I can just change it <laughs> yeah that was that was that, that, was, that was very amusing that, it was kind of amusing to me too it's it's sort of the the practices because I'd made up this schedule and I was like okay because I want to know where they're going to be each week and then I'm like oh this doesn't really work out right because he should be here instead of here and I hadn't worked out any of the other schedules it wasn't like this was going to mess up anything else in any other story but I'm so used to just like you know we go to watch football every week and I'm like the football schedule is inviolate it is the you know it is posted up on the walls of bars and you know the NFL offices um and I had created it in my mind to be that same thing. Uh, and then I just realized I can change it around. I have since like worked out the whole schedule for the year, um, almost. Uh, I've worked out a lot more of it, at least. And so now it is kind of inviolate. But that's okay, because I've finished writing the the regular season. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is it bad that as of the last draft of what you've written, like, I know the team's record like, in my head? <laughs> That's how real this world is to me. Uh, which is cool, and yeah. thank you. Um, also, football's back soon. Yay. Football, well, preseason is actually going on right now. Yeah. Um, so, and, and you know, the people here in Denver are very excited about their new quarterback. Oh, I, think that, I think that our tech wolf is going to, like, break the podcast now. Oh, okay. So we're, we're going to do, do the Kevin Smith. We only have five minutes for one last question. So ask us a, a question, and if it's a good one, we will answer it. And if it's not, we'll go on to the next one. Raise your hands if you have a question. It is the year of... Uh, watch out the there, stubby legs. You're tripping up people, and I think you almost whacked that dude in the groin. <laughs> it is the year of judgment, so we're going to judge your questions. <laughs> well, due to the nature of this um, podcast, I'm going to ask the question, how do you put in a good... Um, Variety in adult scenes. <laughs> um, go out and do research. <laughs> well, my thunder has been stolen. Um, no, I actually was. I was tweeting about this just a couple of weeks ago, where I was like, I think I was like, every time I write a blowjob, I think to myself, one day I'm going to run out of ways to describe this. Um, but I haven't yet. Um, another good trick is focus on the psychological more than the physical, and you'll be able to come up with more interesting takes on different sexual acts. I mean, that's actually, and that's honestly, it'll be more interesting to the to the reader at that point. I mean, like nominally, unless your readers are 15, in which case they shouldn't be reading your stories. Like they, they understand like what a blowjob is. Like okay, yeah. like this happens. Like that 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 part shouldn't be a surprise. Like <laughs> they're not discovering that for the first time. Ideally, so you can focus on things other well, than just the raw mechanics. <laughs> some I, some yeah. of them are. <laughs> Because I not don't the majority sound like baking a cake or but <laughs> I mean the same uh, to get down to what he said the same act has the same act is very different when performed between different people and it means different things to different people and you know also there's there is infinite variety out there read other people's erotica uh, I you know by research you know you can take that <laughs> however you like but also reading other people's erotica is a good way to do it so. Thank you. All right. No, thank you. <laughs> um, we are we are going to close it down. Um, do we have last words from our microphone, Corgi? Nope. Okay. Um, then 
for uh, we want to thank a whole bunch of people. Right. We want to thank our microphone Corgi for running around on stubby legs to bring you the mic. <laughs> the dogs are so confused. Yes, we we want to thank our canine companions for for putting up with this podcast that only contained their names a couple times and otherwise was a jumble of unintelligible sound. Um, except for unless they're familiar with, you know, Cool in the Gang, in which case... It, it, <laughs> I didn't see any tail wagon during that song, though. Um, of course, thank all of you guys for coming back. Uh, this is our fourth year doing this? Uh, third. Third? Yeah. Um, I wasn't here when it was at the old place. Okay. So... Yeah, uh, third year in a row. Um, thanks again to Soren for putting on the convention, for giving us the space. For gracing us with his presence. Um, and for and for showing up and being part of the podcast. That's very cool. And um, thanks, as always, to our ever-patient host, uh, uh, not host, uh, Tech Wolf, Kit Silver, over there behind the soundboard. Uh, without whom none of this would happen or it would happen but it would be unintelligible garble um, and uh, like a lot of the songs to, coming through the walls right now and yes thanks to all of you guys listening at home as well we appreciate your listenership and uh, and your questions that you send into us and uh, thanks to the city of Denver for being a mile above sea level <laughs> if you must ah <sighs> Oh, am I doing my am I doing my farewell now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, unless you have something more to say, do you have other people no, you, to thank? No, you thanked you thanked everyone. Okay. I think. Well, oh yeah, you can find out about us if you go to uh, if you go to Fur Affinity. We have an account uh, which is just unsheathed. Uh, you can find out about us individually. I'm uh, I'm Cam Hirasaki on everything. Fa so furry Twitter Live Journal. I think that's pretty much it. Um, and I'm. Kyle on F.A. and So Furry. I'm Kyle Gold on Twitter and LiveJournal. And uh, I have a website, kylegold.com, where I, my blog there is mirrored on LiveJournal, so you can go to the... Uh, it's kylegold.com slash WPblog. Uh, and um, we will we tweet usually under our Twitter accounts when we're doing an Unsheathed live stream. Um, but uh, thank you guys again for coming out. We hope you had a good time. We hope that you people listening at home enjoyed it. And um, take care. We will see you at the next con.